Welcome to the Cross Culture. In a world of questions, two nerds with microphones make up the answers and discuss the intersection of faith and everyday life. This is Kelly. This is Adam. And today's episode... Mordor Fun Park Part, part 2. Yay, our first three-part series. Yay. Yay. Uh, this is Kelly, uh, even though I don't sound like Kelly. You don't sound like Kelly. You sound like... Darth Vader. <laughs> Vader. <laughs> this is CNN. Oh, wait. <laughs> With Walter Cronkite. <laughs> um, Wolf Blitzer. <laughs> Sounds like Kelly after 30 years of smoking cigarettes. Well, that was me Friday. And I was also like, ow, my head. Uh, I don't feel good. There's a porcupine in my throat. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Is it Toy Story 3 or 4 with the squeaker penguin guy? Oh, it's I lost my squeaker. I lost my squeaker. (laughs) Bro, I bet if you punched me right now, I would squeak like a squeaky toy. (laughs) All right, Mortar Fun Park Part 2. Part 2. I love it. All right, so Adam is going to take us through a quick recap of last week's episode. Yeah, last week we talked about Mortar Fun Park. Totally part one. <laughs> part one. I mean, there you go. <laughs> I love Kimono. It. Go, there you go. <laughs> go on. <laughs> so we we kind of introduced the idea of difficult things at inopportune times, and we talked about how sometimes the holidays aren't happy. And we talked about so we we framed this by talking about the story of. The Lord of the Rings and Frodo's journey, and how he's hit by grief and he's hit by hardship and he's hit by by all these things that are almost foreign in the Shire, mm. and he's led on this journey and that it's okay to not be okay, and how you know sometimes you know the holidays aren't fun for people. Um, Kelly had some some good insights from First uh, Thessalonians. He's going to bring that verse back today. We're going to talk <laughs> about cycle that. content. That's right. <laughs> um, but we 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 also highlighted this conversation between Frodo and a character who's almost like his mentor in the series, uh, Gandalf the Wizard. And I like that you said wizard instead of a color. Gandalf the Gray or Gandalf the White. Spoiler alert, everybody! Adam has a favorite version of Gandalf. Yeah. Which one? Oh, me? I, I, I like Gandalf the Grey. Yeah, Gandalf the Grey is definitely like Pete Gandalf. Uh, <laughs> He's just as grumpy as the old Gandalf. <laughs> I love it. Um, but they were having this conversation, and in the conversation, Gandalf says, after Frodo says, I wish this hadn't happened in my lifetime. He says, so do all who live to see such times. Mm. But it's not up to us to determine what time we're given. What's up to us is determine is to determine what we will do with the time we're given. Yes. Uh, another thing that's really important is we talked about how. Um, so uh, none of you uh, that are listening to this. I mean, if you were involved in this at the beginning of the formation of the holiday calendar, I'd love to meet you and, and figure out how you lived. You know. Thousands, of thousands of years. Um, Dozens. But, <laughs> well, we talked about how. <coughs> excuse me. Um, that the Shire is an idyllic place, right? It's Eden, and the world that Frodo inherits is inherently broken. 
Yes. And how um, none of us that are sitting in this room or that are listening to the podcast uh, decided about the holiday season. You you were not there at the table discussing with your grandparents going, this is how we're going to do the holidays in our family. Uh, you didn't have a say, right? Now, you get a say as you become an adult, right? You might not feel like you have one, and we'll talk more about that today. But Frodo, Frodo still has options, and he can make some decisions, but he's making decisions based upon something that he didn't mess up. He's inherited a messed up thing. Correct. Right? Um, and so I, I think just, just for the sake of the recap, too, I think that's also important um, in how we, we relate to the story of, and even kind of what Gandalf reinstates in, in Frodo and what he encourages him in is, yeah, it's not fair. You didn't do it. <laughs> nope, uh, not your fault. Now what, what are we, we going to do, do about, about it? it? Right, 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 yeah. right. So I love this. How do we go on, Adam? How do we go on? <laughs> well, you know, as we segue today, the journey continues. Mordor Fun Park has multiple layers. <laughs> like a buffet. <laughs> or an onion. <laughs> so... In Moria, things go bad. In the caves, things go bad for Frodo and the Fellowship. And they go from bad to worse to, oh my goodness. Frodo gets stabbed again. <laughs> Wait, is this is No, this he pre- doesn't get stabbed in the... This, this is, is pre-stab. This is post-stab. He's already been stabbed. He's already been stabbed once. He gets stabbed again. The spear, the, 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 fair. the ogre, the troll. Yeah, the, the, the cave troll. The cave troll spears him. Yeah. Oh, when I killed a wild boar. <laughs> it would have skewered a wild boar. Okay. Uh, so, but the, the, the most horrible worst is that they are attacked by a fire demon called a Balrog. Dude, that whole scene is so cool. It's so powerful. And Gandalf is the one who stands up to him. And Gandalf sacrifices himself. And Gandalf is lost. So how do we go on when Gandalf isn't there? Uh, How do we go on when the, the, you know, Kelly said last week, be a Gandalf for, for someone, offer words of wisdom, and if you're in a spot, seek someone to speak words of wisdom. What do we do when, when we that, lose our Gandalf? What do we do when we lose our Gandalf? Oh, I'm totally going to derail our notes today because I lost my Gandalf this year. Yeah. I didn't even, oh, crap. I'm going to have to deal, thanks, man. I'm going to have to deal with that on the podcast. Uh, just real quick. Before, tell us about your feelings. <laughs> before we, before now we, tell me about your mother. <laughs> before we transition, I want you to indulge my petty. Tom uh, no, or Richard? Not, not the, <laughs> the one who drives and sings. Uh, John Denver? <laughs> no, he flew. flew He's sorry. full of bleep. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Dumb and Dumber. Um, no, so when Gandalf falls from the bridge and he holds himself up, what does he say to the fellowship? Fly, you fools. Honey. And honey is not weird person listening to this thinking I'm talking to you. This is for my wife, who I love so much, but exists to troll me on movie lines and misquoting them on purpose. It's not run, you fools. It is fly, you fools. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Okay, so what do we do when, uh, and and this is kind of like holiday seasons kind of um, exacerbate these things, like they bring to the surface. 
the they bring to the surface those painful losses. Uh-huh. Because yeah. it's it's for some people it's a first, some people it's just a reminder of something that you had once that isn't there anymore. Um and it doesn't necessarily have to be the holiday season, but because we're we're in the holiday season, this is just important. Um but what do you do when that person for you, uh, who has been that for you and has been and is and is and I and I want to make this caveat as well. Uh, so we said last week, right? Like, find a Gandalf, mm-hmm. um, but also that there's going to be times in the day where you might be a Gandalf, and then 30 minutes later you might be a Frodo needing a Gandalf, right? Like it's fluid. Yeah. Um, uh, but Gandalf earns that respect from Frodo. Like there's a there's a dynamic here where I think, uh, man, not to peel back all the onions layers and stuff, but um, power dynamics in the States work very differently than the one that Gandalf and Frodo share. Mm. Gandalf doesn't demand respect of Frodo. He's earned it, right? And so um, I think that's an important distinction to make here. So Frodo doesn't just, Frodo doesn't lose his boss. Yeah. <laughs> Looking at, <laughs> Adam's like, I'm not your boss. Uh, you work with me. And I'm like, sacrifice the boss <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> but but right so so gandalf is not gandalf is a dear friend mm-hmm. and mentor and is and is revered as somebody that is that frodo respects and loves and cares for on a deep personal level um so let's not get that twisted in the sense of like gandalf's in charge because he's what, what do they call him by the way it's like the special immortal oh he's a Maiar. he's a Maiar. he's he's immortal right like he's yeah. this Oh, spoiler alert. Sorry if you haven't seen the movie. Uh, He's an angel. Right, right. So in that, in that. So what do you do? What do you do? And this is, well, what did the fellowship do? Frodo and and that group that were committed with him. (laughs) They try to go on. (laughs) They they limp along into Lothlorien, the land of the elves, and of not just the elves, but the most powerful elf in Middle-earth. Galadriel, who's like immortal and wise and powerful and insightful, and they don't know this, but she has one of the three elf rings of power, and she has vision and foresight and... Really scary when she's weird. She's super scary when she's tempted by the ring. <laughs> the, the, the mirror bowl thing was right. like... Everybody's saying she's so pretty. And I'm like, all shall love me <laughs> and despair. Rah, 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 rah. <laughs> right? And, and so they go there. And what does Galadriel say to them? Her words of wisdom are, Gandalf's dead. Bummer. It's going to be hard for you guys going forward. Good luck with that. Bye. Well, she, here's some rope. So I want to expand on that for a sec. So, and, and, and I'm overreaching here, I think. Actually, I don't think I am, but whatever. Um, but Galadriel is elated because Middle Earth is Middle Earth, Middle Earth, Middle Earth is not her home. So, um, she passes her test. She does pass, and her then test. she's willing to back off. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna backtrack because I'm not sure elated is the word I would use. Uh, I think that she's relieved though. Yeah, yeah, but but the her... taking of the ring. And the reason is, if, if you've ever read the... Okay, nerd alert, nerd alert. If you've ever read the Silmarillion, uh-huh. 
Galadriel left. She, she, you're right. Middle Earth is not her home. Her home was the Undying Lands, right? Which is safe from Sauron. Which no is matter what, completely safe from Sauron. Cannot be touched by him because that's where all the other angels dwell in perfect harmony. Mm-hmm. And she left that land to come to Middle Earth because she thought she was. When she was young, she thought she was going to be this great hero, and she was going to, with her cousin Feanor, take down the Satan of this world, Morgoth. And things went from bad to worse, and they ended up, the elves lost everything. Badly. Badly. And she badly. was the last one left, right? And she's like, she is like literally the, the, old, the last of the old guard. Right. Everyone, everyone else in her family, except for those that stayed in the Undying Land, they're all dead. And so that's my point, though, is for her, her commitment... Her, her her role is she's sounds really weird and I don't want to overgeneralize it, but at least for our conversation's sake, I think it's important just make the distinction of how different she and Gandalf are in the sense of she's incredibly selfish to me in this moment. Mm. Where because as soon as she passes the test, she's like, Okay, I'm done. Yeah. Like I'm 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 she doesn't pledge to walk through with them and and there, there's also power tiers here where like her and Gandalf are probably like close. Oh yeah. Right. Like, and, and so she could have been incredibly helpful, whatever. Um, which is another interesting dynamic of like how Gandalf never like tries to take the ring or use it, which is a, we'll talk about that on another time. Mm-hmm. But so, so I think as we're talking about like finding, find a Gandalf, right. Um, in your life, you might reach out to people you think are going to be Gandalfs and they turn into Galadriels. Oh, that's a fair point. Now, in all fairness to Galadriel, in the books, <laughs> Lothlarien does get attacked and so she's needed there to defend. But but you're right. Like, you know, the, and, and also of the gifts that she gives, I mean... Yeah, and... and she and, gives the, the, the feel <laughs> of, of Galadriel, which is the light of... It seems like it's the her the, essence or something like that, right? To me, it seems like it's a a, a residue of a Silmaril, but basically, what it does is it protects Frodo and Sam from later a giant on. weird spider thing. Yeah, uh, giant scary. So she's spider. not completely unhelpful, and and but I think she it's, won't journey with. Yeah, and I think and I, that's an important. Yeah, she doesn't journey with, and I think it's important. When I say selfish, I don't mean that in like this super negative context. But Gladriel gives what she can. But what she can is absolutely not enough. Right. It's it's not it's not um. And and uh, uh, quick side note. So I, I've even more recently I've had conversations with people about psychiatric care. Mm-hmm. And uh, number one, mental health in America is taboo. Uh, even in our profession, it's taboo, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, Feeling fine. Yeah, yeah. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. I don't need self care. I'm I'm totally okay. Um. But at the same time, like, just because you go and talk to a therapist doesn't mean that therapist is good. No. This is one of the hardest things about going somewhere and pouring your heart out to somebody, and they're really bad at their job. Um, and so something that I've been having, uh, we talked about this a couple of weeks back, actually, of, um, you know, just because you now are committed to going and talking to somebody doesn't mean that that's even going to be a good fit. Um, so sometimes your search for a Gandalf takes longer. Mm. Which is one of the reasons if you lose a Gandalf, it's it's that much worse. Yeah. Um, so I, I, again, not to like totally slam Galadriel and just say all these horrible <laughs> things about her, but I think that's an important thing that happens in this. Of 
um, I think they go there thinking the result is going to be different than how it ends up going. I think, I think some of them do. I think Aragorn realizes. But, I mean, you know, hey, look, she did give Gimli three strands of her golden hair. <laughs> Why wasn't that in the movie? It was. Well, it's in the extended edition, which, by the way, yeah. Kelly and I both believe is the only real edition. Yeah, if I catch you, listener, and your FBI agent refers to me that you're not watching the extended edition. You hear that, Hank? <laughs> right? I'm sorry. We have, a, we have a report that your friend is watching the theatrical <laughs> release of The Lord of the Rings. The Book him, Dano. Book him. Book him. Guantanamo, here you come. Uh, <laughs> no, no. So, so um, and forgive me if I'm repeating myself. So then, so then the fellowship limps along. And, um, you know, the, the, they don't grieve Gandalf appropriately. Uh, no. I think that's that really important thing that happens right outside the cave. Yeah. Right. Where, uh, and I get it. Like y- y'all listen to this. If, if, if you're grieving, uh, pl- please don't hear this as me going, go back into the place where the trauma occurred. That's unsafe and grieve there. You will get eaten by orcs and maybe a Balrog. <laughs> okay. Possibly. Po- possibly. Uh, <laughs> don't grieve in an unsafe place, but, there's this really interesting exchange between Aragorn and Boromir as soon as they leave, and Boromir says, For pity, give them a moment, for pity's sake. And he's emotional because mm-hmm. they lost Gandalf, and Aragorn says, No. No. Um, and yes, Aragorn's in, interested in, in the, the safety of the party, right? Um, but even in the holiday season, as things bubble to the surface, and just like with the fellowship, things bubble to the surface of all the things that Gandalf kind of stayed off because of his presence and who he was, um, they don't grieve him appropriately. And they kind of just, they don't, like, it's a, it's a, um, and I think as humans we do this, we go like, oh, I got uh, really hurt. Uh, it's fine. It's, we're like the Black Knight from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. It's a flesh wound. <laughs> Your leg's off. <laughs> like, like, no, it isn't. <laughs> what are you going to do? Bleed on me? I'll <laughs> bite your legs off. I mean, like, it's this thing. And it sounds super comical. Um, but God is a God of wanting us to process through our stuff. And uh, they don't. They just limp along. <laughs> And it has catastrophic results. Oh my gosh. They're so bad. I used to be really good at being in the fellowship, and then it's like three arrows to the chest from eight feet away. <laughs> <laughs> but you got to admit, Lurch knows how to cluster them. Such a nice grouping. <laughs> nice grouping. You should be in the Olympics, man. <laughs> <laughs> Such a bad joke. Poor, poor Sean Bean. <laughs> it's poor okay. Sean He's Bean. died before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you're you're right. I mean, all those inner fightings, all those inner, in the all of everybody's inner insecurities that were covered when Gandalf was there, they bubble to the surface, and it ends up fracturing the fellowship. And so we say, you know, how even if you're committed, life life is going to continue to be difficult. You might have people who aren't as in it as you are. You're Galadriel. Galadriel. You might have relationships that you know. Somebody may be about working with you, and it might be a season, and then you've lost them. And 
you know, fellowships fall apart. And so the one thing that we are tempted to do, I think most is, well, I should have. Mm. And so Kelly has a phrase of don't should on yourself. <laughs> I heard that from a friend of mine, by the way, so I can't, I can't take credit for that. Uh, but I will. So forget I said that. That's right. Um, <laughs> you don't have any friends. Nobody <laughs> likes you. That's a, that's a man's favorite. You don't have any friends, precious. <laughs> uh, man, it's so good. Uh, dude, Andy Circus was so good. He's uh, amazing. But but right, and so um, this is this is one of I think the the major distinctions we can make here between living a life of faith. I'm living a life that is self-reliant. Mm-hmm. And what I'm about to say is really difficult. There are absolutely no guarantees. The guarantee is, here's, here's the guarantee. You ready? Um, one day, you are going to die, and Jesus is going to come get you. Can't see it, y'all. I'm making a thumbs He's up. A thumbs up. It's <laughs> almost the Buddy Christ <laughs> thumbs up, man. It is. Finger gun Jesus. Uh, so, so that's the promise. The promise is that as God's kid, one day Jesus comes to bring you home, mm. and that's awesome. Like I like, and we don't live for just that moment. Like you live between now and and, and home starts now. The home but... starts now, right? And you're moving, but but the in between line. The promise is not early retirement and lots of money and no sickness and no pain and everybody in your life being good to you. Mm. Jesus actually promises the exact opposite, which is like, all y'all are going to die badly. (laughs) It's like, you know, maybe marketing, not your field, Jesus, in case you're wondering. Yeah. And and so... Don't um, go into PR. So I think what's so hard is there is... um, in my opinion, there are a couple things that unfold that actually are the demise of Gandalf. Uh, was it Merry or Pippin that uh, sends the skeleton down the well? Pippin is the one who sends the skeleton Pippin. down the well. If Pippin, so we know as we're watching this unfold, Gandalf warns them and says, Touch nothing. Fool of a took. Right? And Pippin plays with the thing, and makes enough noise to wake a demon from the underworld. And then Gandalf has to make a conscious decision, right? Because they're not getting chased yet. No. And so there's all these things that lead up to this, right? And so um, so you could, Pippin could have, like all these people, like we, we have all these decisions they've made up until this point. Maybe we could have done this, or we should have done this, or we should If we had done this, then Gandalf would still be here. And for me, there's a big difference between a helpful way of, Doing things of like, okay, what could I have done differently that would have maybe netted a better result? And the self-deprecating, sinister pool of, I shoulda, I shoulda, I shoulda. The death spiral. The death spiral. And um, I think those two things seem very similar, when in fact I think they're very different. Yeah. Um, God doesn't come to us and go, how freaking dare you? God goes, all right, there's a better way to do this. What did we learn from that? What did we learn? <laughs> and by no means did I say that God's like, 
oh, it's totally fine. Everything's great. There's no consequences. And, uh, you know, just absolutely consequences for us and in, in our interpersonal relationships and even on our person. Mm-hmm. The wages of sin is death. Um, but in that, you know, God doesn't hold that against us as we repent and, and we work forward. Um, but if you live a life where you're constantly doing that, I should have done this, as opposed to learning and growing and implementing and then gauging, okay, uh, did this go better than last time? And if it did, awesome. And if it didn't, okay, well, what could I have done better? Like, what could I have changed? And that's a progressive, helpful, productive, empowering mindset as opposed to, because like I said before, um, Frodo does not waver from his commitment to the fellowship. And we'll Correct. Get, and we'll get to Sam. Mm-hmm. But everybody else does. Almost everybody else. Uh, almost everybody else, right? I, I think I don't think Aragorn did. No. Right? Aragorn wasn't there. Uh, uh, well, in the movie, they have this touching scene between Frodo and Aragorn mm-hmm. that isn't in the book. I'm trying to remember if it's in the book. Where, where Aragorn tells him to go? Yeah. Which, which is very, very uh, Aragorn. Yeah. Aragorn's like, go your own way if you need to. Like, that's cool. What do you need? Like I'll, I'll, um, which is which is a beautiful. No, uh, I think it is in the book actually. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so, but, but what I mean by that is, Aragorn doesn't go against his commitment to the fellowship. Correct. And Legolas and Gimli, and, but, but they start the fighting amongst themselves, mm-hmm. right? Gimli and Legolas are still like really testy with one another. It starts to get louder. Merry um, and Pippin are kind of like, like they have no idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, like I love golden retrievers, but they're typical golden retrievers. <laughs> and then Boromir like goes against the party, the party. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so you know, like you said, um, just com- because you're committed um, doesn't mean that the rest of the world is. And if you live in the mindset of, "Well, I should have done this," um you're going to run into a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. I think are also going to hold you back from actually accomplishing the thing that you need to accomplish. Um, and, uh, and frankly, here's, here's last thing I'll say on this point. Does Jesus ever say you should have? Nope. Do we have any recorded information in the scriptures where Jesus looks at a group of people and says, you should have done this? Now he'll tell them, he'll flat out be like, you teach it wrongly. <laughs> like he tells them you're wrong. He does wrong. say that. He, you know, he will tell them how wrong you are. You don't understand the scriptures. Or if you understood the scriptures, this is what you would do. And he offers them the correct thing, but he never shoulds on people. He doesn't should. Which is important. Now, last, last thing I'll say. If Jesus doesn't should on you, then who is shooting on you? See, I have an answer for that. <laughs> and let's see if my answer and Kelly's answer. <laughs> Three, two, one, go. Tom Brady. Oh, wait, no, no. Wrong, wrong answer. Wrong answer. Sauron. Tom Brady. <laughs> Tom Brady. Wait, no, that's not the right answer, friends. Dang it. Oh, man. Could it be Satan? Or is my church lady? Satan? <laughs> mm. Well, that's <Nats> bash. <laughs>
I love that. But yeah, like, like if Jesus doesn't say it, then it's coming from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. First Thessalonians 5, 16, 17, and 18. Quick, Adam. <laughs> Bible lesson. <laughs> Get there. Uh, sorry, y'all. I got to pull it up. Listen to my elevator music. So last week you brought this up. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Um, so I brought a, a ton of context to this last week. We talked, I think, at length um, kind of about what this church was dealing with, what these people were dealing with. Essentially, they were dying, and they were dying badly. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, Paul isn't doing it, and, and I think this actually ties beautifully into what we're talking about. Paul doesn't shoot on them here. And yeah. I think these verses at times, and Christians at times, shame on us. We use this, these verses and biblical stories and biblical principles um, to shoot on people. Well, if you believed hard enough, mm-hmm. and if you rejoiced always, then you would be happy. And that's not even remotely close to what Paul's addressing here. Paul is talking to Frodo, I'm going to say it, and going... One of the positives here is like, if Gandalf wasn't so awesome, you wouldn't miss him. Mm-hmm. And God, Gandalf was great. I mean, could you imagine if they were like, oh, so glad he's gone. <laughs> I think that would have been a different tone when he came back. <laughs> oh, no, you again. Right? But it, it's, um, so it's not to spin things positively for the sake of spinning positively so you don't process the thing. But it is a, um, but Paul is, is talking to these people and he's, and he's just telling them like, don't lose hope. And so where do we find hope when hope is gone? And I think that leads us into kind of our, our next kind of character point for Frodo he didn't have a mentor anymore, but he needed still a companion. Mm-hmm. And who does he get? Smeagol. Samwise Gamgee. <laughs> not, not. Poor, poor Smeagol. <laughs> we be nice to them if they be nice to us. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna start. We're gonna have a Smeagol off when I'm not sick. <laughs> My Smeagol voice is on point, bro. Says you. <laughs> Says Andy Circus. I'm just kidding. <laughs> he wrote me a letter once. It was signed by somebody else. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't sound like that's from him. <laughs> so, so two things. One is, um, yes, you're right. Like Frodo loses a mentor, um, and that's also the slippery, slippery slope of. Uh, this is one of the reasons I think God's like, hey. Don't put your hope in idols. Uh, it's obvious that Gandalf's not going to be around forever, but he's an immortal. But Gandalf doesn't stay with the party all the time. He like takes his own adventures, and he's like, hey, I really think he actually just takes breaks from them so he can go get uh, tobacco <laughs> for his <laughs> pipe. Um, but right, so, so Gandalf would kind of break away from the party and then come back and break away from the party and come back. So like, yes, they're friends and stuff, but even with Frodo in the beginning, you haven't seen 
Gandalf in years. That's true. Right? So, so. But it's a different dynamic between having a mentor and having a companion. Yes. That's not the same relationship. It's not. It's absolutely not the same relationship. And um, so we build our hope on what? Like you said, well, what is... <laughs> I, y'all, I wish y'all could see Adam's notes. I ain't been dropping no eaves. <laughs> I love that. I love that because, y'all, if you haven't seen the movie, you, need to, you absolutely need to go watch The Fellowship of the Ring. Frodo, uh, Gandalf has taken his trip to figure out what the ring is and then finds out that, like, oh, my gosh, it's the ring of power. And he's like, comes back. And he's like in Frodo's house, hiding in the shadow, looks like a crazy person and goes, is it secret? Is it safe? And they have this whole interaction. Gandalf throws the ring in the fire and then holds it out and goes, hold your hand out. It's quite cool. And then he puts it in and, and they're, and they're like, it's all, the leaves are rustling. It's dark. It's eerie. I think the, the, um, in the movie, uh, the the rider has like gone through. Uh, the, he's kicked. Hobbiton. The, uh, yeah, yeah. They, he's coming through, right? And so outside the window, there's noises, and so all the suspense is built. And then Gandalf takes his staff and he shoves it into the bush. And you hear, "Ow!" Oh! And then he, this this figure is like dragged through the window and thrown on the ground. And it's Samwise Gamgee. And Gandalf goes. Have you been eavesdropping Samwise Gamgee? I ain't been dropping no eaves. Huh? <laughs> and then Gandalf says, What did you hear? Be quick about it. And then what does Sam say, Adam? No, nothing, sir. Just, uh, you know, I, I heard a, a bit about a dark lord and a good deal about the end of the world. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> and I, there's so much we learn about Sam's character and how great he is. And we'll get more into that over time. But I love this snippet of Sam because um, Sam is just loyal. Yeah. And stubbornly, ridiculously so. And he is a simple person. He's going to do the right thing and he's going to stick to his moral and his integrity, right? Like he's going to do his thing. And it's even here, he's like, I just heard about the, <laughs> the Dark Lord and the end of the world. I swear that's all. <laughs> please, please don't hurt me. Don't turn me into anything unnatural. <laughs> and then as the conversation progresses, what does Sam do? Sam becomes Frodo's companion. Does Frodo have to beg him? No. Does Gandalf pay him? Nope. Does Sam have good things going for him in the Shire? Yeah. I mean, you know, except that he can't work up the courage to ask out Rosie Cotton. I mean, if he didn't almost die multiple times and go to Mount Doom, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> he never would have. Uh, young man, lean in real quick. I want to say something to you. Do not let the girl you want to ask out on a date go until you go to Mount Doom on a mission of death. Okay? Yeah. Don't ask wait. Ask her out. <laughs> ask, just just, just ask. ask her out. Like, what is she going to say? No. Where is it? Occasionally. Hold on. Where, where is... <laughs> um, but Sam, Sam is just this wonderful... And I say simple not in a negative context. I mean, he is just... What you see is what you get, and Sam is just this incredibly loyal friend and yeah. companion. Yeah. As, a, as a fun side story, 
in real life, the actor, uh, Sean Astin, um, who played Samwise Gamgee, took it upon himself to live into that role in his relationship with Elijah Wood, the actor for Frodo. So, like, he would do things like remember to uh, to 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 set up um, when they needed uh, transportation to and from the set because they lived in Wellington, New Zealand, for like two years while they were while they made these movies consecutively, and so he would he would kind of fetch things for him, make sure that his clothes were washed. If he locked himself out of his apartment, he got him his, you know, he got him a replacement key. He just sort of took it upon himself to fulfill this role of Sam. And and that was really kind of I think came through in the movie. He does. And and <coughs> one of the things that's so cool about Frodo is I think in the beginning Frodo is incredibly aware of this gift and he is incredibly appreciative of this gift. What happens along the journey? Well, to jump way ahead, you know, the journey takes a toll. The ring takes a toll and it drives wedges and it makes people forget. Yeah. Share the load. <laughs> <laughs> Which did not happen in the book, in case you're wondering. No, actually, doesn't Sam get the ring and use it and then slaughter everybody in the tower? Uh, he doesn't slaughter everybody in the tower with the ring. He does... He does um, Go full Rambo. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny because the, the, the orcs... Orcs are prone to fighting, infighting. Uh -huh. And so the orcs do have this kind of internal fight where they kill off most of each other, but Sam comes in and and drives out the last few, and he does kill he does kill three or four. It's a baller. Yeah, it's a baller. But but right, so that is super far ahead. Um, but there's this really important part, Adam, that I want you to bring up. So so the fellowship breaks. Uh, uh, Boromir tries to take the ring from Frodo, and then dies. And he dies. And then, uh, this is a really powerful moment in the movie, too, where Sam and Frodo are on the trees, and they're next to Aragorn, right? And they look at him, and Aragorn, like, the realization of, oh, they're leaving. Uh, actually, it's, it's, it's Pep, Pippin and Merry. That's right. That's right. That's right. And, and they're like, come on, and, and Sam, or Frodo. Frodo's, Frodo's like, no. no. Um, yeah, because, because Sam's nowhere to be found yet. Sam's not here. So, so Frodo gets to the boat. Yes. And starts pushing it out. And then what happens? And then Sam, run, running along the shore, says, wait, wait, Mr. Frodo. Mr. <laughs> he calls him Mr. Frodo the whole time. <clears throat> and, and, and Frodo reminds Sam that he can't swim, and he says, I'm going to Mordor alone. Mm. And Sam plunging into the water that he cannot swim in. That's right. He can't swim. <laughs> he says, of course you are. And I'm coming with you. Love it. Which is also like peak Sam. That's Yeah, I mean, you know, well, of course you're going alone. And I'm going, <laughs> every parent who has ever had the toddler understands this. <laughs> I'm going to the bathroom alone. Of course you are. And I'm coming with you. <laughs> oh, man. But right. And, but that's peak Sam. Sam's like, yeah, cool, okay. I, I'm me too. 
Yeah. <laughs> and not in some weird, like, passive-aggressive, like, how dare you not. Sam is just loyal. Yeah. And a great friend and a great companion. Mm-hmm. And also, in real life, when they filmed that scene, uh, because the, the actors were barefoot, you know, they had these rubber uh, prosthetics under their feet for the hobbit feet, which are hairy and huge and huge and they're 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 really tough um but the crew didn't scan the water the the rocks well and there was a shard of glass that sean astin stepped on Uh. and it cut his foot like like deep (laughs) and so he had to have stitches and it was really bad My toe isn't coming with us, but <laughs> most most of me. But yeah, so he he um, and so again, the the consistent theme between the two of them, right, is what? Well, the the consistent theme of of the companionship is that I think hope. I mean, that's that's really what Sam brings to the table. Yep, Sam brings hope. He is the constant marker. Hey, let's keep going. Hey, let's keep going. Hey. I'm saving enough Limbus bread for the return trip home. Right. Frodo's like, just let me die. (laughs) And Sam's like, that's nice. Uh, Let's go. (laughs) Right? Oh, you can't walk anymore? It's okay. I'll carry you. (laughs) About to get eaten by a giant spider? That's cool. I'll stab it. (laughs) I got it. Like, it's all good. Yeah, and so uh, I said this before, and Adam wrote it on the notes because I think he liked it. Uh, totally throwing you under the bust. Bus. The bust? Uh, the bust. Uh, uh, and I think this is an important thing. Hope is more powerful than success. Yeah. Like, they, are, they are not where they're... <laughs> if they were basing their lives on success... <laughs> They've done. They've done uh, pretty Poor, awful. Awful. Yeah. <laughs> terribly until this point. Most powerful person in your party dead. <laughs> Leader of your party splintered. People trying to take your stuff. Party infighting and fractured and literally turning on yourselves. Giant freakishly scary orc that can walk okay. around in daylight shooting your friends in the chest. Priceless. Priceless. <laughs> It's not going well. Not going well. Step on shards of glass in the middle of a river that didn't get scanned because somebody didn't do their job. Thank you, New Zealand. <laughs> and, oh, man. And they, 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 they don't keep going because they're successful. They keep going because of hope. Right. Right. And I, and I think that's... Why? Why do I keep thinking of of uh, President Snow? Not like this is totally unrelated. Wow. Hunger Games. Hope is a good thing, but just a little bit. Just a little bit. Too much hope, right? Is dangerous, right? Because it's empowering. Hope is an empowering thing. Um, and Thessalonians, they're not driven by success because they're all about to die. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're dying. They're dying badly. So where's their hope? Why are they rejoicing? Why why are they praying without ceasing? Right? Why are they giving thanks? Well, because their hope is assured. Yeah. I love this. All right. 
What does Sam say about hope, Adam? Right. Adam's like Adam's been like chomping at the bit for this part. I have been. So Sam and Frodo continue to journey until like they are literally captured by um, Boromir's brother of all people, Captain Faramir. And in the movie, it happens differently. And I understand why they did this for thematic purposes, but it disappointed me because it absolutely undercuts uh, Faramir's character. So in the movie, Faramir is immediately like, ooh, you have the one ring. I'm going to take it. I'm going to do exactly what my brother would have done, and we're going to go back home and use it in the war. Mm -hmm. In the book, Faramir realizes they have the ring, and he says, don't even show it to me. If this thing were lying on the ground and I alone could save my my people by going and claiming it, I would not even cross the road to get it. I don't want it. It's dangerous. It's toxic. Uh-uh. Mm -hmm. And it's it's a radically different person. But So in the movie, Faramir takes them as far as the city of Osgiliath, which was the city that was on two sides of uh, the river Anduin. Mm -hmm. And... Osgiliath is a ruins because Sauron and his evil army have been attacking it for years. Mm -hmm. And there's this big battle when Faramir gets there. And it's in the battle that he realizes um, that not everything is okay and that he cannot, uh, he cannot take the ring. Um, so what he does is he, he changes his mind. But after this battle... Frodo is despondent. Mm -hmm. And Frodo says, you know, I can't go on, Sam. And Sam says, you know, there are lots of points in the old stories, remember them, where the heroes could have um, given up, only they didn't. And Frodo says, and, and, and Sam says, because they were holding on to something. And Frodo says, what were they holding on to, Sam? And Sam says this, that there's some good in this world, Mr. Frodo, and it's worth fighting for. And I think that's the hope, is that there's something good left that's worth continuing this journey for. Yeah, I, I love it. I love it so much. What are your closing thoughts? I think my, my closing thoughts are, this is a difficult road to have hardship in the holidays. But the most critical thing is to hold on to the idea that you don't have to walk this road alone. I think for me that the thing that's just so important about um, is you, as you're not shooting on yourself, right? And you're thinking about um, what is your goal? What is, what is God's goal in you? What, what is, what is, the, what does it mean to live a life that's full of hope? And um, I think we have these idyllic responses to things, the this idealist mentality or mindset where we go, well, if only I was like Sam. And one of the reasons Sam is so powerful and such a great um, character isn't because Sam isn't trying to be somebody he's not. Sam is being himself, and I think that. Um, what God's trying to do with us, with hope, is we're hope-filled people. Um, and so during this holiday season, it's important for you to be whatever version of that you are called to be.
So if you want to be a Gandalf and you're coming from a position of power and strength, you have it together, awesome. If you're a Frodo and you're clinging to a shred of hope, cool. If you're Sam where your hope's getting tested, but you're still like, okay, like I got to help somebody else too, but I'm, I'm okay, like do that. But I think it's, it's really important um, to just be mindful of your own kind of self-inventory um, and understand that God accepts you in that. God is going to use that. Um, are you willing? Amen. Amen. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Even if you can't eat Hobbit food. <laughs> See y'all next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.